tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Big Thing. It is Monday, the year of our Lord. And... Joining me always. Just a day. Christian. Just a day. Yeah, it's not the whole year. It's not the whole year. Jane, me? He Jane, he Jane me? Over on the other side. Too late to turn around now. Too late. We're, we're there. <laughs> Just keep throwing more coal on this caboose. <laughs> Mark Ellis is here, ladies Hi. and gentlemen. Hi, it's everyone. Monday. And uh, if you didn't know, look at this. You see the top there? Not, not, not that sparkling, gorgeous head of his. Thank you. And even there, look at that. Ladies and gentlemen... Captain Morgan, I'm so excited hi, about hi. this. I can't tell you how excited I am because of, um, you know I'm a Captain Morgan guy. I'm a big I, Captain you Morgan. You have been for a long time. I'm a big Captain Morgan fan, but I want to let you guys know something that you might not have known before. We are super excited to be partnering up with Captain Morgan. It is the original Spice Rum because on July 31st, get ready for the Schmodown Collision presented by Captain Morgan. What a run of matches we have. Star Wars Championship, Dimolanta versus Kelly. The Inner Geekdom number one contender match, Saul versus Moses. The number one singles contender match, Marisol McKee versus Kevin Smith. And in the main event for the Teams Championship of the World, the reigning movie trivia showdown Teams Champions, Shazam! Face Corruption, former two-time champions. It is going to air on July 31st, and no matter how you choose to celebrate and to watch the Schmodown, Captain Morgan is best enjoyed responsibly. It's the captain's orders. That's Captain Morgan, original spiced rum. It's at Captain Morgan USA. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to be working with uh, with Captain Morgan. Got a lot of uh, a lot of surprises in there for the uh, for the kids. It's going to be good. July 31st. Yeah, and I know that when you look at that flyer, you may say, "Now wait a minute." There's no way that that young man is of drinking age, but he is. Me? Brendan Meyer, oh. uh, who is just to the right of William Bibiani in the shot. Don't worry, he's 21. We ID'd the kid. Not 21. He's 28. He's 28? He's 28. Wow. Uh, you know, you look at some people and you're like, how is that? Because this is what I'm going through now. Is I'm like, how is that person younger than me? I know. <laughs> do, you, do you have certain, I'm not going to name any names, but there's certain people that I have bookmarked as like, you are six years young? Really? Jeff Snyder. <laughs> how old is he? Jeff Snyder's like. Uh, he wasn't the one on my mind. Yeah, he's younger, but is he, he's what, what is, than you. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can see. He's got a baby face sort of. Yeah. Jeff Snyder. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a few. There's yeah. a few people out there. But either I'm I'm certainly not on that that list anymore. As as our buddy Sam Levine. Uh, nah, you clean up, up well though. 
Yeah, but I mean, I lost. Like I said, I lost. It was the first time ever. I'm close. I'm close. I was two thirteen at my heaviest. I'm now you're looking at, to get under two hundred. Yeah, I'm closing in at two hundred. Okay, two hundred one right now. Yeah, but it's like it doesn't change the fact that you know you're getting old. You're getting old. Yeah, stuff hurts. Yeah, I am exhausted from the week. Yeah, and I, I told you it I hasn't hurt even myself. started yet. I've always joked about how I hurt myself, my back parallel parking. I got one up. I I did it. Oh, like looking this way. I did it breathing, dude. I hurt my back. You breathing. hurt yourself like breathing, this. and oh, and I don't know if it's because of the exercise I've yeah. been doing a lot lately. Been doing a lot of the a lot of the exercise lately. The uh, the Oculus the exercise. Oculus exercise every day. What I have noticed as I get older is that I have to be careful. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you just want that nice yawn, that just nice yeah. stretch. You, you got to be, be careful, careful with the stretch. So you got to go because so, when you're a kid, you just wake up just like ah, and then you just get everything loose. If you go too fast yeah. with your morning stretch in bed. You're, you may not get out of that bed for the rest of the no, day. No, you might have to. And, and trying to rework the stretch, it's so stupid. You've got to move. And yeah. Like, oh. I'll feel something go, and I'm like, okay, now I just got to lean into this, and right. I just have to literally stay in this position until it fades away. Yeah. Did I tell you, first time in my life, yes. I dealt with carpal tunnel syndrome. How? Okay, so if you tell your friends that in your 20s, yes. they're like, oh, you should stop masturbating so much. Right. If you tell a friend, now that I'm in my 40s, hey, I have carpal tunnel syndrome. They're like, no, you really have to stop masturbating. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's the same. And I'm like, is no, that that's you got not it? it. That's not it. Oh, okay. It is from, it's a combination, and it is just as embarrassing as that. Okay. It's a combination of doing a lot of, like, lifts, like heavy lifts at the gym. But what it's actually the result of is me holding my phone like this. This is, this is my phone. I'm going to show you on my phone grip when I play desert golf. Why do you play de- you, it, it's I, such a fun game. But this you is just, what I don't understand. You, you take your finger on the screen, yeah. and you go back, and that's your tee shot, and you try to get it into a little hole. Here's the best part. Yes. 10,000 holes. 10,000 holes. And I keep track on my phone, so I play little mini tournaments, do it on airplanes, do it when I'm watching TV with a dog. It, my life is fantastic. You're a predictable animal. And so, but after at the 10,000th hole, you know yeah. what happens? No. You just hit it into the water. You finally found water. You're playing golf in the you desert for 10,000 right holes. You hit it in there. So what I have to do is I have to delete the app and then reinstall it so I can start playing again. But now I can't play the game anymore because this claw grip, has given me such bad carpal tunnel, I couldn't write at my computer for a couple of days. I couldn't do lifts. Now my bicep is all messed up because of it. So this thing, it has such a, it, you'd think it just starts in your wrist or your fingers. Right. You get some numbness, some tingling. It is now, it, it's like a disease, Christian. It is like a some sort of horror movie where the demon spirit is now going all the way up into my arm it's and it, it's it's taken over my entire, we might just have to cut off the right arm. Well, it's not like, what's, what's Riley got? The itchy leg syndrome or the shaky leg syndrome? Uh, restless leg. Restless syndrome, leg, yeah, it is. like that's the same type of thing, right? I think uh, they prefer restless over shaky or itchy. Shaky has a more <laughs> or itchy. itchy. Shaky and itchy have a, like a, a dog. in addition to probably being Simpsons characters. Right. Shaky and itchy have more of a negative connotation right. than restless because if you say, "Hey, I got shaky leg syndrome," it's like, "What are you nervous?" If you say, "I have restless leg syndrome," it's like, "Wow, you just love working." Everybody gets so offended at everything. It's like if you're fucking shaking your leg, you got shaky leg syndrome. Well. Maybe it's just restless. Maybe your it's leg. It's restless because it's both. You, you don't re- know. You don't you know got, why. You got shaky restless syndrome. Your syndrome. leg could oh, be that. nervous. Shaky restless. You, it, it could be anxious leg syndrome because yeah. your leg has anxiety, but maybe it is restless. Maybe Mark Riley's leg is a free spirit that just wants to go travel the world. And Riley's like, no, we got to stay here and root for every NFC West team. Yeah. See, it's the same thing like when he used to say, like, uh, you know, he had, he had stomach problems. I said, what, he got the shits? 
That's what it is. It's got the shit. That's how you, you, this is, and I'm glad that now your comeuppance is happening because yeah. you always used to say, doesn't matter what's going on in somebody else's life. You can even look at somebody as they walk into a room and be like, what do you got the shits? Yeah. Very awkward way to start a conversation with you. Right. When you leave the conversation with Christian and you depart and you say, what, what, what do you, what do you love saying on somebody's way out? How's it's like, your, oh, how's, wait, your, how's your rash? Hey, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go take a dump. You love saying, don't hurt yourself. Oh, don't hurt yourself. And now you've hurt yourself. That was a long time ago. That was you I, hurt I yourself breathing. breathing, but it was a couple of days ago. But it didn't. It didn't. It didn't hold for as long. The pain didn't hold for as long as when the parallel parking part did. <laughs> so now they have cars that'll do it automatically. It's true. And as a parallel parking purist, I find it uh, somewhat insulting yeah. that now we have this generation of sub millennials running around having cars park for them. Back in my oh. day, you had to eyeball it. Hey, you want to talk about parking cars? And you want to talk about cars in <laughs> you general? You hit a bumper, you live with it. And you just live with it. That's it. And you, and it's you, it's you life experience. Anybody. Yes. I, I am in awe and surprised and in love with the new system at the comedy store as far as the parking lot goes. Oh, good. Dude. Well, we went up there. We yes. rolled up there. So you we, rolled up there, I should we, say. Well, yeah, but because you drove. You, 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 you held my hand there. And it was very nice of you, the way that you did all, all of it, by the no, way. No, you, you started to find your footing. You I did, I did. Water once, okay. once because, and I'll tell you why. Because we, we, we put Christian in a little, in a, you remember, uh, this, is a, this is a deep reference, Garfield and Friends yeah. was the Saturday yeah. morning cartoon, and then the offshoot of Garfield and My Friends baby was, carriage. was U.S. Acres, and U.S. Acres had all these other fun characters. It was like a bunch of farm animals, and one of them was a very nervous... <laughs> you laughing at me. You got Spit it out, will you? One of them was a very nervous, I, I want to say What's duck. He nervous? He's shaking. It was a duck. His name was Wade Duck. Yeah. And Wade was a duck, but he was very nervous about swimming. That's so it's a duck who's got one of those inner tube wraps around his yeah. waist the whole time. He's very even out, even out of the water. The simple things that get you. Even out of the water, Wade Doug is just walking around. That's who you were. Yeah, you got out of I the was. car. You had your little floaties just in case. Yeah, but we took, took off, off the water wing. It's true, but yeah. like, but I will say, like when I, <laughs> I was living, I was living in like 2007, 2008 at the mm -hmm. comedy store yeah. when I talked to you, and I'm like, yeah, so because Mark, we were shooting something, and Mark said, uh, "Would you be able to drop me off at the store?" And I, I, that's not how it went. Kind of. You said you wanted to go to I the said, comedy yeah, store. Absolutely. And 100%. I said, I have a parking spot that I'm willing to donate to you. Well, at, at the time, though, I said, I don't know if I want to go. And she, he said, well, if you want to come back to my place, then if you want to drop me off, great. If not, don't worry about yeah, it. Right? He so went back to my place, and he sat, he did. and he, and he stared at the wall, and he thought. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. But then I said, yeah, absolutely. So we, we drove over there, and the way that the comedy store parking lot used to work <laughs> was that you would just, whether you, whether you had a spot or not, if you were a paid regular, <laughs> uh -huh. you pulled into that lot, you pulled in. You're lucky you get there like eight nine o'clock. Yeah. You pull into that spot, and then when it's time to leave, you better have a good forty five minutes to spare because they're because gonna have to I'm move. the guy tetrising your car. Because they're going to have to move all the cars out yep. of the way in order to get your car mm -hmm. out if you want to leave. So you got to be prepared for that. So when I tell Mark, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to park there because it's going to take me forever to get out. He goes, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that anymore. And yeah, they got good good crop of employees there right now. And that's that's the other part as far as the comfortability and why the, the duck thing went away because the first, because you always the go because the, look the other part of it is when you're when you whether you're a regular or not like the, the the one thing I will say about the comedy store that you you earn your you earn your stripes you're in your stripes right yeah and it's like and they honor it for as long as you're around and they, until they you do it can be a very intimidating place it is and so the thing is 
it still doesn't take away from the fact that, and I told you, I don't want to be, and I told you that was my biggest concern. I didn't want to go there and like walk up to somebody, at one of the employees, and go without Mark and go, yeah, I'm a regular. Yeah. It just feels douchey. You don't want to be a wild hog. It just feels douchey. You don't want to be getting back on the bike after so long. Right. And so the second Mark, Mark, you know, Mark went in and he was really cool about it and he introduced me to the, the new door guy. And who's the guy with the ponytail? The guy, the, the shaved head ponytail that was sitting Guam Felix. That's cool, man. Great, nice. great sports enthusiast as well. Big fan of that dude. Yeah. Because the he sec- runs a good ship. Big fan of that dude. Because in the second you said, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Every every time went by, fist bump. Yeah, how's it going? Like, there have been a lot of people, even in the past, that are just douchey sitting on on the back. Yeah, this guy was cool. I really, I, I dug this guy. And yeah. so then I then I started to see people that I knew. Right. So we parked and then we got out. So you took my spot because yeah. I was gonna, you know, that you gave me a ride. I was gonna Uber home eventually. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we had a, a bunch of commiserating folks of on ours the, that the, were out on the patio, on the bar, near the so bar. Yeah. Walk out, do our, do our greets, which I don't usually like doing before I go up. But you know, I, I said hi to some right. people, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna take Christian back. Yeah. Because Christian has authority back there. And so you and I went back. Said hi, uh, exchanged pleasantries with a couple comedians. Said yeah. hi to Mark Marin, who was bringing me up later that night. Yep. We go into the main room, and Tom Papa was on. Uh, Tom Papa was on stage, and then uh, we went back, and then we were the then we were hanging out in the green room for a little bit before I went up. Yes. And then you wanted to go out and watch Marin's set. Yeah. The second half of it, and I watched the end of Papa by the way, and who was you've he, seen him before? I, many He's times. He's great. Many yeah. times, but have you seen his bit? That he did about his uh, about his wife talking, just being miserable in bed. <laughs> no, I mean not 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 miserable sexually. But yeah, mis- just- miserable like when when he's when he's talking about like just trying to read and she just goes off on like a Debbie Downer. Like just no. fu- it, it's funny, dude. Real funny the way it's it's just his presentation and everything. Because I was I don't remember I think I was talking to Kate about this. But after watching, I watched you. I watched Ingram. I watched Mark Marin. Yeah, I yeah, Martindale. Justin, yeah. Martindale, and um. I watched everybody that was up there, but to me, to where I'm at right now in my life, right, Papa, like, what, that's the kind of stuff that like I a related to and b saw myself. He's got a lot of fatherhood stuff. Going yeah, but on. it's just the way in, in presentation and stuff too, where he and I was as I was watching, as I was watching, you know, like because Mar- Mark Marin has such a unique like <laughs> thing about him, can you know, get like, dark, and, dark, that, and get away with it. But that it, bit he closed on. I missed it. Was I, killing me. I saw what he did. did you see the thing he did about Bessos and uh, and Branson? No. Oh, he called them two. He called them t- two rich cunts. <laughs> 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 like, just the way yeah. that he, and but he does it in such a way. I felt like I was watching an episode of Glow when he did it. You know, and it's like the way that it was so funny the way he did it. But um, he's very comfortable in his own skin. Yes, and then Ingram is just you know a a samurai like master oh, yeah. when it comes to the way the, the stuff he's talking about he's, t- he's talking about what was he talking about ass eating uh was was the cause of covid and like and it just <laughs> incredible just i mean just watch it's like certain edgy things that like that he was doing and watch obviously you have your uh, your unique style the references and the stuff did i ever tell you i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm sure over our years but what really impressed me about the first time i remember actually watching you do stand up oh boy did I ever tell um, you this? that i carried my weight well <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was absolutely awesome. look at this. You carry slump. it in your face yeah. and your boobs. Well, it looked Mark. like you just ate a big piece of cake, and I can't tell. Mm. Yeah, and it was delicious. Um, no, no, no. It was at the comedy store. It was in the OR, and mm-hmm. you. I think we had shot 
maybe shot straws or we definitely kind of hung out a, a couple times before but i was like i was i was still going uh, going to the store a bit but it was like when you you were working there i'm pretty sure and you did I was a, there until the end of uh probably 2008 or 9 yeah, yeah so you were and this was like 2007 so i'm probably you, still clocked in but to right, be honest i probably still have checks there yeah. but you you were uh, <laughs> but you were up there and you were and the references were coming, and they were improv, and they were quick. I was like, and that was the first time I remember going, "This motherfucker's quick," and it was something you were doing about uh, Return of the Jedi, and it wasn't like a bit. Sounds that, on brand, but it wasn't a bit that you. And it's it's a bummer because I've never heard you do it since, mm. and it was it it was definitely improv because someone had thrown it out. It was like, so, right. it, might, it might have been uh, uh, God Bilek. Bilek? Maybe. That, Dan yeah. Bilek, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it was Dan. And I, he threw something at you, and then you started on this whole tangent about Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, we're going to be friends. I could tell that. But it was but it was the, the quickness of it that I what was when I first realized, okay. And that's when then I started. Then I said, well, you should come to Luna, uh, Luna Park, Room 5. And that's when right, you right. see your Franco and yeah. all that shit. But uh, but anyway, um, so it's just, just different styles. But as I'm writing all this new stuff, I'm like, yeah, like to – more into the family life stuff and 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 it's just the that. sort of the mundane things about a family existence yeah. is one of the things that Papa excels at yes. because he comes from the the Seinfeld mold because he right. opened for Seinfeld for a long time and you can actually see him briefly in the documentary comedian that Seinfeld did oh, okay. in two thousand or two thousand one whenever he did it yeah. but um yeah he, he he's just around in the green room hanging out a couple right. times right. and that's like and and I always uh, bust his chops about it when we're talking is that I saw him he was the first like comedian that i saw live in a comedy club oh, really i saw him at Dangerfields in new york when i went up there uh for like a three-day spring break sort of situation when i was in college yeah. and i saw and i wanted to go to a comedy club just to kind of you know you start to think about it let's see how this feels and nobody else up there that night was particularly memorable in a good way you remember him but Papa went up in the middle of the show and just crushed. He yeah. had the suit on, and he's just got such a polish about him. Right. He's clean, yeah. and he just does everything well. His timing was just insane. Yeah. Like the way it was, you can just tell how seasoned he was when he was doing mm -hmm. it. It was the jokes. It was the timing of it. It was the faces he was making. It was, right. it was all of that, and it just, like, it just rem like reminded me as I've been prepping more of the, the, the movements that everything counts. And as I was walking practicing out a thing last week i was like i was but i was i was going to my head that's how i always used to do with it, the like, oculus on not with the <laughs> oculus on yet but but you better bet your ass i have a bit of you can tell oculus. your family that you're exercising you know if, you, if you're working out bits, bits if you have the oculus, the oculus just tell them you're exercising i know but i was but i just realized how people don't understand that like every little thing the, that's the good prep that goes into it whether it's a, a movement mm -hmm. facial tick just a look a look how much that goes into it that looks like it's organic happening in the moment that yeah. has been like the moves that Sebastian does, those mm -hmm. are planned, timed out move, but they look so natural yeah. and flow because that's who he is. And even when he goes, what? That's like every moment inside of his face is timed out to further out that joke that he's working on to right. make that joke that much stronger, make that moment that much funnier because you get that leap of a, that leap of a laugh that you're like, if you do that little face, like, the the meat is in the actual crafting of the joke and the punchline of the joke, but if you do that little face or you do something too that just gives them that little hump of oh that's funny that they're already in this mode you're setting them up to get the laugh now as opposed to you know just sitting having them sit there with the joke you don't do anything it's not prepared just the line comes out without any other delivery and then it, it doesn't hit as hard as opposed to certain things you do movements 
faces. They like, know the magic trick is good, right. but then when you actually show them the rabbit, they're right. like, oh, that's that's that's, that's great. You yeah. can tell a guy like Sebastian, too, has has just been doing big, big houses, yes. doing theaters and doing yeah. stadiums sometimes for a while because the movements get bigger the bigger the house is. Right. And so he now has Feed all these the giant movements, yeah. and it works a lot better with a lot of people. Right. Than it does like back in the day when it was like maybe six people in the OR, and it's like you have to make a personal connection with them. You can't connect to a room; you just have to make a connection with these five tourists, right, from Omaha, right? Well, because you feel it you, that that energy that energy is steering you. Mm-hmm. You're not steering the energy; the energy is steering you because it's the force. It, it really is it surrounds like, us. It penetrates us. It's weird because I don't think a lot of people understand. I mean, I f- assume that you have the same thing. I think most comedians do, but. Isn't it bizarre? And this only happens to me on stage. It doesn't happen anywhere else in life. Where you just feel calm. A hundred percent. You're like, oh, thank God. A hundred percent. Thank God I'm here And again. it's one of the reasons I think that I need to go back there because it's the most, like the last, the last year and a half for a lot of different people, but for me in general, like I've, I've been the, like, like I'm just not as happy as I was before the freaking pandemic. You're you know? a, you, you know, you, you, many people, many people. A lot of people are now more of a raw nerve. Yeah, and it's and I think that I need it back in my life. But the thing that I always knew, and it's like a weird, like Progressive presents adjusting to the suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room. But then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. I don't know what it is. Gift? I don't know. Curse? For some reason on stage, I can... You know, right now we're talking, but you can't, like, hear your thoughts on what's coming next. I just hear one loud you just, voice. Right. You, you just, when you, you, can, you know what you're going to say beforehand, <laughs> but like as you're talking, when I'm talking on stage, I can talk and think clearly mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Like meaning that like, it's like not, and it's, I guess it's harder to explain, but I mean where it's, you, when you're actually, I'm, I'm in the middle of conversation and I can, I can clearly read, it's like a computer going on the other side of, I remember to say this, this is, this is coming up as I'm talking. Like it's it, like it's like RoboCop's screen. Yes, where RoboCop's walking and yeah. he can see what's in front of him, and he knows I got to get Clarence Boddicker, but right. he also has all these stats it, coming up, and like he's a, got all these other factors that are going. Hundred percent, like Terminator, and like yeah. when it was like fuck yeah. you, asshole, when yeah. you choose the one that's coming up, and it's it's weird. Like I'll be in the middle, I'll have, be having a full on conversation and talking with the audience, and it's like a whole bunch of things that are coming in there, and at the mo- right moment, clicks. Oh yeah, say that boop, boop, mm-hmm. as I'm talking. And it's like, I can't do that in life. I can't do that right now. Like, right now, I have to, like, okay, stop. Think A couple things kind of come in. But, like, full-on two conversations happening at the same time, yeah. clearly, and not – I'm definitely sure that I, I've never been diagnosed for ADHD. I'm sure I have. <laughs> but I don't have it on stage, if that makes sense. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I noticed that the first time I ever sat on stage to tell a joke in Atlanta at that comedy club is as soon as I planted my foot, the big white light was yeah. – Oh, I can still think. Right. And I can still improvise. And I can still like shift what I was going to say. Like, it's not like I have to stick to this script. I have total freedom right. to do whatever I want to, but I'm still within myself. I'm not like my brain isn't no. freaking out. No. And so now I'm at the point now where like sometimes I'll talk shit to myself on stage too. Like, like if I'm doing an hour somewhere and I put a piece that I wanted to close with yeah. in the middle, 
and I and now I can't bail out. I have right. to finish the bit. But in my head, I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. Yeah, you idiot. Yeah. Now what are you going to close with? Stupid. Right. And so and you, you can, but to, you hear yourself. But it's funny, yeah. like you, the, everything that you just said as you're talking. Yeah. And, yeah. As and, you're talking, and you just trust yourself yeah. and the, to to be able to reshuffle the deck. It. It's yeah. really just uh, it, it's comedians and pilots. Because right. when, when you're on a plane and it takes off and then you get to cruising altitude, the pilot comes on the mic to talk to you. He's yes. like, hey, if you look over there, you see the Grand Canyon. Yeah, he's talking to us, and you believe he's having a conversation with us. He's also doing something he's else. doing something else. He also has another task. It's, he is steering the ship and making sure we don't crash. That's the job of a comic. It is, and it's it's weird because you mentioned that thing about the doing the, the closing bit and said, what are you going to work with now? It's like you every comedian is always – working with that because even going back into this and revisiting all of it as i'm writing this new stuff like i have i have this one thing that I'm, probably that i'm working on the hardest right and i'm pretty confident that it's will do well but am i confident enough that i can close with it no i gotta try it yeah, out a couple right, times you right. know it's like i i'm confident that it'll work i'm confident that the timing of it i already have I'm, I'm excited about that i've if i hit it the right way i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited about it because i've been this is the one i've I've worked on the most, maybe than any other thing I've ever worked yeah. on. But those are the ones that burn that burn me when I put them earlier. Is when I know that I want to close on something because it's either going to reference something earlier in the set, right. or you just know that you have like boom, 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 and then thank you, good night. Yeah. So I personally, I've just been with this new hour. I've just been. I have like five different things that I have just sort of rotated in the barrel yeah. at, when I when I end like what the last joke is I don't even remember the one I did that night but it was like it was one of the ones in contention but they all just like I you're just not, the other night yeah I just have to settle on one and then just chisel it to make sure it has like right. the, the the sort the of ending that I would want yeah. And yeah. um and it was but I mean that that's the beauty of a place like the store is that you just get to go keep working you get it to out. go it's the X Men Danger Room you get to right. go in and you either sometimes it's dialed up to ten sometimes it's at a two right and you just get to figure out the pulse of the room the pace of it and you go up and you you get your workout is there any other be better feeling though when you have like three spots at the store and you you come up with a new bit you try it the first time mm -hmm. it gets the laughs you wanted to but you're like oh what if I would have tried that then you can jump up. 15 minutes later in the other room try yeah. it again oh and, and then and then it worked like just be able to work out the same the same joke in the same night the best feeling for me is when it doesn't really matter which one you do first is because they're close enough together where you can walk to one and yeah. the other is the laugh factory yeah. in the comedy store is if you do something if you're working out something at the comedy store and then you have a set at the laugh factory later that night right you do it at the comedy store and then you walk down and you're like, I know this is going to literally blow the roof off the yeah, stage. It's the same thing with improv. Too. When you do it at the Laugh Factory, and then you walk down to the comedy store. It worked great. And you're like, okay, but I know I was a little loose. 100%. I need to tighten that bolt. Right. I need to put a little more elbow grease into that because it, you may not be able to get away with the same thing. Right. Well, I can speak more on the improv because I told you I'd never gone up to the Laugh yeah, Factory which before. Which wacky just, to me. It's, and that was a stupid choice as a, as a young fool. Um, but no, you're an old fool. Now I'm an old fool. Who injures himself breathing. Right. So maybe I can do that on the Laugh Factory stage. But uh, I can't wait to throw out your back. With, is that why you don't laugh at my jokes anymore? That's, that's it. That's you're, it. You're afraid to I'm, laugh. I'm laughing inside, really, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm just very cautious. You're like, <laughs> oh, no. Right. And I can't do uh, it. Already, can't already cracked it. a rib. Oh, man, I'm crying a lot. Her hernia. That's it. It's over. It's a uh, good joke, Mark. Now All the not. king's horses and all the king's <laughs> men. That's it. Couldn't put Happy Harloff back together again. Uh, so um, we don't have a king or horses, but we got some duct tape. We'll do it. what we can. That's it. But I was, uh, yeah, I would do the improv, and it was the same thing. It was you. Would, the improv is if you have a joke that you're doing at right. the improv, you work it out at the store, 
That, yeah, then you get on the improv stage, and you're like, oh, this is what... <laughs> OR man. That's what I tell people all the time is the store is great, but you have got to get out of that place yeah. occasionally just because you can't get stuck in one rut too long because the comedy store has that darkness to it where if that's the only place you're going up, you just start to, it, you, it, it starts to get in you a little bit. Right, you think this is all comedy is? Like every room right. is going to be like, I mean, you need to go on the road. 100%. You need to do other clubs yeah. just to remind yourself that you're funny. Right. Because you may not get that reminder for a while at yeah. the comedy store, which is how it's designed. Yes, and also because the comedy store now has become a place where people, patrons, have come to hang out and come to watch comedy and come oh, to yeah. be either like, you know, returning customers coming back and, and just, and they become that experienced crowd that it's like, no, I just saw so-and-so here and this. <laughs> it's not like going to, you know, a place in, like, Ohio that's just, they're out for tonight's their big night. Right. They're going on a date night tonight. Who's going to go up? Does anybody have the club. nerves? Right. They just had to do a comedy club. Like, it, it's, it's dad's birthday, and he wants to go to the comedy <laughs> club. You know, like, that's... Those people are going to be a lot easier than the reoccurring Los Angeles comedy club patrons. Jaded, yeah, vampires, just been, right, and soulless. Not to mention that they might be agents or actors or producers or whatever who, who just like, yeah, go ahead, make me laugh. Right, They're sitting right. there. I mean, it, it's the crowd on, on Saturday night was fantastic in the main mm -hmm. room. They've been great. They were fun. They They've were, been great. They were really fun. But, like, just watching everybody, and I thought everybody had a really good set. Everyone um, Moved the the room very well. I don't know who opened when I got there. Papa was on, so I don't know who who opened. who was who was the first. Oh, you know? That's a great who, who great, opened the room because that's I have no idea. It's a big thing. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, being able to open that room and set the mood. You got to set. You got to set the pace. Set the mood. Yeah, yeah. it's and, the beauty yeah. of uh, it's. You never you never master it. There's oh, always different spots. There's yes. always different ways. Like like following Marin is is a lot different than if you go up cold. Yes. Or if you're going up second or if Argus is bringing you up, it's just it's always a different temperature. And that's the that's the fun of it. The big thing it's about that is when. You, OK, we know the name of the show. I know. I, know. I said it twice and I heard myself. Uh, but it's also like anything else. Like even Steph and I were talking about like dating and it's a confidence. Mm -hmm. that Congrats. I didn't know you. That's awesome. Yes, my wife doesn't. Good for you. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but we were but we were talking about the, the confidence of. Men or women, you just feel it right away. The audience smells it in a second. Right. If you're not confident, they, you, they're really going to make you. They'll eat you alive. They'll eat you alive. So if you're following someone like Mark Marin, you've got to pretend when you go up. They, they, <laughs> and you've it is been, pretending. But you've been on all these different shows, and you have this podcast. You've got to have the, you've got to have the energy that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a regular at this, uh, this place, and I'm, I'm going to be here as much as, as anybody else, too. And you got to have that confidence of just that. And you did. So you came out, you're like, oh, this is Mark. You, but you did. You made me not inside. Oh, no, know. no, no, I did. But, but you, it takes years to just get it that takes years. veneer yeah, off sure. of, of, like, I can't believe I'm on this stage, or it's like this guy that I've looked up to. It's like at some point, and it's no disrespect to any of the other comics, but at some point just in your head, yeah. or the, at least the way I'm wired, I don't care who's bringing me up when they're bringing me up. Right. It's like that's that that's my that stage is mine. Now. Yeah, as you should. I, I own that stage now. Off you go. The one that, and I and I had a good set still after he brought me up. That I, I've told you about the time Dice brought me up, right? Because <laughs> you know I was a massive Dice fan growing up as a kid. Yeah. And did I ever tell you about what he said when he, when he brought <laughs> me up? I just got made it. It's one of my favorite stories ever. Ever. So he 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 bring he he goes up and he. To his credit, too, he just he didn't because Eddie Griffin and everybody was do, do, mm -hmm. doing three for Dice did like I don't know half an hour. Dice would stick to his time. He'd stick to his time, yeah. and 
and he, and he had like two spots and he did and he did it mm-hmm. was like back to back they would do that sometimes mm-hmm. and, and he did the 30 minutes and he and he's like all right who's up next right and then they i will say and i'll go back to the story in a second i forgot to tell you this um i did get very very sad missing jeff yeah yeah when i walked into the or yeah I, it was the first time i'd walked in yeah. since he passed and I walked in, and I looked over, and he wasn't there. And he wasn't there. I'd never seen that before. I love that his name is up there, though. Me too. His name that. is up there. Just the name Jeff Scott is up there. But he's the guy who would be tickling the ivories. But also, if if the comic didn't know who's next, or if somebody didn't show up for your spot, that's why I bring him up. Yeah. Wait, wait, because I even brought that up when, when one of the times I was you know eulogizing him is just like that's what I missed. That's what I was telling myself. That's how you get through the pandemic. You just cannot wait to get back on the R stage, yeah. have a good set, and then say, who's our next comic, Jeff? Right. And so Dice asked him that. So Dice asked him, Jeff, who's our, who's our next comic? And he goes, it's Christian Orlov. Yeah, and, and you just hope Because Jeff and I were very close. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he was very encouraging to me and everything, too. It's not the easiest name to hear if you haven't heard it before to nail it. Dice had no idea who I was. <laughs> and Dice goes, yeah, this guy. You've seen this guy on fucking Saturday Night Live. Yeah, right. <laughs> seen him all over the place. He's been on every television set known to man. <laughs> big star. Fucking Christian Harlow. <laughs> he got the name. And I was like, that, and, and I probably said it just like this, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Dice. And yeah, he walks off. Dice but thinks it, you're on Saturday Night Live. It, Pretty cool. It was. <laughs> I'd never forget it. It was yeah. a great. That was a great moment. I laughed uncontrollably about it. And I, and I, because I, do you remember Christy Miller? Do you ever meet Christy oh, yeah. Miller? So Christy Miller, leather pants, Christy. Yes. So Christy Miller, I had met at Luna Park back in the day, mm-hmm. and she was very close with Dice. Yeah, and she's very cool. I liked her a lot. She was a sweetheart, yeah. an absolute sweetheart, and she. Introduced me to Dice in the back area right before you, uh, you know, the, the the bar. You go around the sign, the little area before you go to the outside, and right mm-hmm. there, little they still have the two little black couches right there. Like you know, like so. So this is the bar dock here, and then you go. No, it, no, they got no. those little two black couches. Like, yeah, and you and go the, up the stairs and the cocaine table yeah, next yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so Dice was there, and I was, and she, it was the first time I ever met him. And I started talking, and I started telling him about like things, and I told him about this this bit that he did that we that I really loved. That was the um, when he talked about dating a girl after a little bit, and then he and he's trying to break up with her, he doesn't know how, and he goes and he, he's oh look at that, because he go on a nice you know a nice date with the with the parents, and oh look at that, my balls out of my pants. They're in the marinara sauce. Look at that. My fucking balls. He does this whole thing. 13-year-old kid. Loves it. So I start telling him, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that bit. It was a good bit. I love that bit. Tell me the rest of that bit. And like, I'm giving him his bits, and That's he's laughing. So it, was, it was great. Well, it was, was at that same spot where um, Chris Rock had gotten off stage, yeah. and this is like 94, 90, or maybe early 95, Jeez. probably 94, and Dice was, was around, and he was hanging out back there. Chris gets off stage. And he goes back, and him and Dice are talking for a little bit at that at those those two black couches. Yeah. And Dice asked him, you know, well, you're not on SNL anymore. What's going on? And he said, well, yeah, now I got. I'm taping this HBO thing. Oh and, right, is that the one, the, the big one? Uh, bring the pain, yeah. yeah. And um, his first HBO yeah. special, which yeah. still might be the most perfect hour of comedy really I've good. ever seen. Yeah. And, and but he's he's about to tape, and he just like didn't I guess seem that enthused. And Dice just looks at him, he's like, you got to train for this like you're Rocky. Like, he just gave him this, like, big emotional pep talk yeah. to just get as ready as possible for this moment that is going to be, could be huge for you. That's awesome. And then we get Bring yeah. the Pain, the best special ever. And that was the thing. You know, Dice, 
I still I still don't think he gets. I mean, I know from like people the story does, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves because of his because of his personality. Right. You know and, I mean? I, I, it, when people try to chalk him up as like a like a flash in the pan or like a chauvinist and all that stuff, like there's definitely element a lot of, of elements and of that character too, they did would never fly today to that character right. and to those jokes. Yeah. But when you just watch him do stand up. He did this bit about being at Staples and just yeah. trying to figure out how to buy office supplies at yeah. Staples that was killing me. It's that stuff. I remember. It's funny you say that because I remember. And it I, had nothing to do with sex or that's, anything. That's, that's what I was about yeah. to say. When I went to the OR, the first time I, because I had Dice when I was younger, mm-hmm. when I was like 13, 14, my, I saw him at Radio City Music Hall. My, my dad got oh, me wow. to see him go see that. I saw him at Radio City Music Hall. Were you Hall. yelling out nursery rhymes? No, I was too in awe yeah. of him, right? So, like, I was... I, and you didn't want to get grounded. <laughs> right. I had seen him I had seen him there. You know, I was a big, I was a big fan uh, of him. Like, so much so, we took a limo to go see him. Like, a bunch of friends That's and how I... how you do it. Like, with, with the, whole, the whole shebang. It was the first time I ever smoked pot, ever in my life, was in that limo wow. to see Dice. Transformative evening. Yes. So, but anyway, so, uh, so when I first got to the store and we... Just working out before he became before I got passed, he was going up, and I would I'm like, oh, Dice, I gotta watch. And I remember thinking, and I had seen all of his specials on HBO, I'd seen everything, and I remember like towards the end when he started to go down a bit, you mm-hmm. know, when because it it's anytime you hit that plateau, only anybody, one way to go. It's only one way to go, and he and and it was right when that shift came in, like from the the like the late '80s to the '90s of the shift in just culture in general, what was acceptable, what was not. And some of the bottom say. started. The, the comedy boom of the '80s itself was starting totally. to. People were realizing, oh, we just can't put up a comedy club like it's a Starbucks and right. have it succeed. And so a lot of clubs were closing down in the early mid '90s, yeah. and it didn't really have a resurgence. Until the 2000s, yes, with your boy Dane Cook, and and also the internet, the internet, right, s- right, completely yeah. changed comedy. Dane was one of the first ones to have like, a, oh, this is a professional, cool website. This Absolutely. is like a fun place to hang out on the information superhighway. And he was doing that like in like 2000. He yep. started his website and stuff. I remember that when he was. That's how he would get people to. Mm-hmm. But with Dice, um, knowing that you know he, I'd seen him kind of going on that downwards. Not spiral, but it was it was just it was different. It was, and he was relying on a lot of the sex stuff because that's what the brand was. And and I always remember thinking to myself, I wonder what he would be like if he wasn't just focused on the sex stuff. And then I saw him in the OR one night. And I was like, oh, I gotta watch Dice. It's the first time I since since mm-hmm. Radio City Musical seeing him. And he did. I, it must have been an hour. It must have been or close to it. I don't know how long he was up there, but he was up there for a while. And he wasn't doing a lot of sex jokes at all. And it was just talking about these things and talking to the crowd, talking about do, the, similar to what you were talking about, just things that he has been doing in his life. And it was a riot. It was so funny. And I'm like, where, where's that? But that's what I mean. He doesn't get enough credit because he's still, whether it's going to Vegas and, and ruling Vegas for as long as he did, you know, right. a, after the, after the, the boom of his career and being on um, entourage and having his own show and getting mm-hmm. uh, being in an Oscar, Oscar um, winning movies and whether it's stars born or what's the one with, uh, with Kate Blanchett that he was uh, blue, blue Jasmine, blue Jasmine. Yeah. It was great I mean, in that. The guys had a, great career it's been a very it's it's been a much more eclectic career than you would expect yeah. for somebody who came uh to the comedy store as andrew silverstein and right. then started going by andy clay and then the dice thing happened and right. then it exploded and you're like okay well that's you for the rest of your life and he's been right. able to somewhat maintain that image but also be able to veer in different directions and despite the 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 the, the puppet line that he, you, when he got you, mad at have me you ever talked about that on, on, on many times oh you've talked about it on, with on him? air oh no on, with him with afterwards yeah 
Oh, you've never told me. We've that. always Dice and I have always been very cool. I know. Can we tell the story of what happened or no? I don't care. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. What what had happened? He was on he was on Rogan. I'll tell the story. Okay, please. So uh, Rogan was doing his show, um, taping out of the Ice House. Yes. At that at that yes. time, and so when whoever had spots at the Ice House, we just kind of pop in and hang out with with Joe and just yeah. kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit. So I can't remember who was on the show. I think it was. It was me. It might have been Greg Fitzsimmons. It was his um, son, right? It wasn't Dice's and, son. And, yeah, and, and Dice's son, Max, right, right. who is a hell of a drummer. Yeah. Um, they're, they're both great musicians, his kids. And, and and Max and I had seen each other. like We right. always saw each other at the store, so yeah. we just always like you know kind Your of buddies, shot the shit. Yeah. And so we were making I, – I think I was I think I was telling him, like, why didn't you play lead guitar instead of, like, bass or drums yeah, or yeah. whatever? Because lead guitars, like, are, you know, the, the sexier. Yeah. Those are the ones that get all the groupies. And uh, and Dice took offense. He, he th- I guess Dice thought I was ra- – so I knew Dice and yeah. knew Max. I guess D- Dice just didn't put it together. You that, thought you were ragging on his kid. Then I was ragging, which I probably right. came off as. I, right. I have no idea. But right. but Max and I were cool. Right. And, um, and so then Dice so – You're busting his balls away, you bust mine. Right. Yeah. And then Dice went on Rogan and was mad. And then Rogue and, – and to Joe's credit, Joe's like, no, he was just – Yeah, he's like, he's a good guy. Yeah, no, yeah. it was just breaking apart. Like, yeah. You fucking puppet yeah. screaming. So you've talked to him about it afterwards. Yeah. So what did you say? That you never told me about. Oh, no, no. We, just, we always laugh it, about it was the so. Thing. It was just so, like, you know, innocuous. We're at the comedy store, you know, yeah. to see each other, uh, talk. And I I guess I told him at some point, like, I wasn't offending. Like, Max and I are cool, and I'm sure he doesn't care. Right. He, yeah. he, he was just doing it for the bit anyway. Probably. Right? Yeah. 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 That's what, I mean, that's that's the other thing. But no, we see each know. other all, you know. Yeah. Is he? Does he go up a lot at the store still? I haven't. I don't know if I've seen him at the store since since stuff's Never. back. But he's been hitting the road. I think. Yeah. Well, because Eleanor and him are still. Eleanor same. and him are great. Yeah. And I think so. That, good seeing her, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's just one of the the bright Staples. lights at that place. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. So I mean, Eleanor Harrigan, who I've she was a waitress at the time. She's yeah. There, she, she was a waitress at the store. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were just goofing. It was great because the. And I told this story to Kate the other day, and for those people who have to hear it again, but you didn't hear it. I don't think you heard this. Oh, no, you did, because it was me. No, 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 it was me, Ingram, and, and Eleanor. You haven't heard this yet. So the bartender at the front, what was her name? Jenny. She's so, great. So Jenny Comedy uh, Club carded me. Did I tell you this? No. So we were. So Andrew Guy was in the front, and he's like, let me buy you a drink, man. Mm-hmm. He's shit house story, right? So yeah. I'm like, all right, no problem. So he goes... So he tells Jenny, he goes, he's like, this guy used to do comedy here. And I'm, and in my head, I'm like, when you say that, she could just think that I was at a, a belly room in 2006. Yeah, and because, show. because Jenny knows, she, she's been there, she's been and there. she's heard all the, the right. BS stories. Right. And, yeah. so, so, so I was like, I'm, I'm a regular at the club. I just said, she's like, mm-hmm. she, and real quick she goes where's your name ah. and i and within ah. seconds i go it's it's in the back wall before the entrance right next to ari near near james painter uh right by brody and she's yeah. you're a regular she's like right re- she goes regulars know how to how to spot their oh that's great their names out quick and then i was talking to eleanor and ingram in the back we're just laughing in mm-hmm. the back and she comes up she's like all right he's so he's legit he's legit so she was cool it was like i gotta tell you I was so i felt very welcome by the staff and in general the the atmosphere there was pretty it was it was more welcoming than I remember even back in the day when I was As you should have been. We had a bunch of us, a bunch of our community folk yeah. show up there by the end of the night. I didn't tell you. Maybe I did text you this. Just because you know me and you yes. know uh, what a fan I am of certain numbers. Yeah. And I, well, you know, I buy everybody's drinks up there because yeah, I get yeah. them super cheap. And the total, I won't say how many drinks I bought or how many people I was buying drinks for. The, the, the total On your tab. bill. Your t- guess guess what it? the number was. Your tab. Yeah. 
It, it, and this, this is, is not, after discount. I'm not trying to get you to be like, oh, it was this exorbitant number. It's a special number. Yeah. Um, $51.50. Was well. it? It's fifty-one fifty, and I looked That's at great. it, and I'm like, Did because, you save it? Huh? Did you save it? No. What? I might have taken a picture yeah, of it. save that. But it was also funny because that boom box, like, the Just last hour they had been playing nothing but Van Halen, yeah. and she, then she gives me the bill. And so I, I tip a lot there. And it, but it was like fifty-one fifty, and I'm like, this is so perfect. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, especially when you've had this, you just had this miraculous season where we've had two matches so far. Uh, fifty-one fifty. That, that are fifty-one fifty, and right. and they've been legendary. Yeah, so you got Dimolanta, you got Dimolanta and Damon, and then yeah. uh, the odd couple versus Shazam. and the odd couple versus Shazam. yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's what been, was the final score of Knapsack Whitworth? That was like fifty-two. That was probably 51, something. It wasn't fifty-one, but it was. It was, it was I, I remember it was close. It was a big score. It just it was just specifically hitting fifty-one fifty twice <laughs> in a season is. And then you getting a receipt that's fifty one fifty. Yeah, that's nuts. that's uh, take your luck to Vegas. It's pretty nice. You know what is also nuts that we're um, we're pretty excited about, ladies and gentlemen. I talked to you about that already, but no, nope, not that one, and not the little dog, and not the spectacular. Aww. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what I, I'm, I'm just I'm, you I shudder it. to see what pick is next. I can't even tell you anymore. I'll just tell oh, it's it, right? me. Like yeah, it's it's just you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're excited. Mark's actually excited about this too because he's worked with this company before. But this is. Have you heard of Cuts? Oh, I love They're Cuts great. clothing. They're great. I got a bunch of shirts from them. I was wearing a Cuts shirt yeah. at the Comedy Store that night. Cuts, they're very comfortable. And want to let you guys know that the sport of business means demanding excellence from your craft and your wardrobe. And your fritz have to be versatile. Blending timeless style and comfort so that you look as good as you feel. And for that, there are Cuts clothing. They've taken a classic men's fashion staple, the plain tee, and they refined it, combining premium quality with a minimalist aesthetic. Built for performance in the boardroom, the bar, the gym, cuts clothing, keep you sharp wherever the game takes you. You take a plain tee, but you can make it Tony Stark. That's right. The bleeding edge of fabric technology meets the man confident enough to wear it. Thank um, you. They sent me some very comfortable. I got And I got a hoodie, which I, lo- I love the quality. The fit is great, too. but what I love about this shirt the yeah. most is how it combats my... One of my many personal issues, which is which is the armpit sweat. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It yeah. masks it better than yeah. I have ever worn in a shirt before. Because I was wearing them like it, it's hot in LA right now. I yes. can put these things on. I can go walk the dog. I can just be, and and I look down and I just knowing me and knowing the colors because my color palette I could only wear like black shirts. Right. And now I have a, I have like a cool like an army green one. Yeah, the colors a cool are brown too, yeah. one, yep. and it's and nothing's bleeding through. It's amazing. Well, well, so this is a little bit about the company. If you didn't know, in 2016, Cuts founder Steve Burrell set out to create clothes ready for every occasion the modern man faces. He started by reinventing the T-shirt, and he really has. The end result: GQ magazine calls it the only shirt worth wearing. Is it the perfect T-shirt? It's accomplished. Next, Cuts set out to create fabric uniquely engineered for each clothing style. Consider the new Cuts hoodie, which is what I have, and I love it. Where they I got to get one of those. Yeah, dude, it's, yeah. i got to show you. It's super comfortable. They developed the Hyperloop French Terry fabric, a textile that is, um, that's temperature-controlled, and it's ageless. So you'll never need to take it off, and you certainly won't want to. You can, they also have wrinkle-free. Um, the polo, I also have the polo. 
Gia DiPolo. Yeah, man, they sent me a bunch of stuff. I, I love it. I've been wearing them. Uh, I think I wore it on the show already once before. I just didn't uh, didn't talk about it yet, but now I'm talking about it. And each piece of clothing is designed with custom-engineered fabric, expertly graded for the perfect fit. It arms you for every challenge and opportunity. It's not just a lifestyle, guys. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. You get 15% off of your first order, and it is worth it. I'm telling you, 15% off your first order by going to Cuts Clothing dot com slash sen live that is cuts clothing dot com slash sen live get 15 percent off the only shirt worth wearing i, love I this stuff, will be wearing a cut shirt probably on stage when in seattle july 24th you can get tickets at mark ellis dot live can we put a link in the description here yes you gotta send tickets. it to me otherwise i'll forget i will send it to you and uh, we'll put it in the link because it yeah. is tickets are going well i'm actually very in, enthused with seats? that uh, that's a great question. Um, we know that it's the, there's two rooms there. Yeah. And so one room is, I think like a hundred and the other one is like 300 or maybe two fifty something like so that. You're doing both. Uh, I'm in the big room. You're in the big room. So yes. two fifty. So that's how yeah. many, just how many, how many we got left? I have no idea. All right. But well, let's, let's sell I hear those tickets are selling well. So let's yeah, sell, sell it out. out. Let's get, sell there. it out. So let's go Seattle. Me, get to Seattle. Ken Napsock. Who else? Daniel else? Bridge Gad. Got a couple of locals going up. Good. Should be a fun time. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Special guests yes. in the crowd. Yeah, October 9th. Very special guest. October 9th, New York. Mm-hmm. Haven't put them on sale yet. I'm patiently waiting. Um, but we should be putting them <laughs> on sale. You look patient. We're putting them on sale. We're just we just. You a don't have a shaky leg at all no, I, getting I'm these sh- tickets I'm on sale. I'm literally shaking my leg right now thinking about it. But um, <laughs> but the October 8th looks like we're going to be doing a show, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we got, we got, there's opportunity there. There's opportunity. So that's something that we could be doing also. You've been watching anything to, to, worth a while? No. Worth a Just TV, sports? I watched a lot of shark movies doing research for Versus. Okay. Um, shark movies did you watch? I'll give you, I'll give you some trivia, some shark movie trivia. Okay. Between The Shallows, Deep Blue Sea, Deep Blue sea you and The Meg, yeah. which movie did you, you like the, the best oh. at the domestic box office? Give me one more time. Try to rank them in order. Meg, Deep Blue Sea, and what was the third? The Shallows. Hmm. It's hard because of inflation, but I would say... Uh, we adjust for inflation. Here. Okay. Yeah. It's our expert research. I know Mark I'm going to regret this. This is, this, is, this is the list I was going to go with, and then I'll give you my official list. The list I was going to okay. go with was The Shallows, um, Deep Blue Sea, and then The Meg. Okay. And I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Deep Blue Sea... Um, Meg and then the shallows. All right. You had your initial instinct yes. was so dead wrong. Okay, good. Was this how about the second it was, you, you reverse it. The Meg did the best. Meg did the best. Yeah. And then Deep Blue Sea. And, and then, then the shallows. Okay, so they all did over $100 million globally. Interesting. Okay. But here in the States. Deep Blue Sea. Uh, the Meg, then Deep oh, Blue Meg. Sea. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty tight. I think the I, I think the Meg, Meg did like $14 million more than Deep okay. Blue Sea. I don't remember the Meg doing. I remember it being not good. I didn't really care for it that much. Yeah, it's not that good. Um, I really did like, I appreciated the shallows. And Deep Blue Sea, I had watched it, like I rented it when it came out from yeah. Hollywood Video or right, whatever. Right, right. And I was surprised at that moment, when that moment right, happens, right. which is great. But the movie's really fun. It's fun. I remember it being fun. But it's also just like, because you can't remake. I didn't like the shallows. You can't remake Jaws. Yeah. You cannot remake Jaws. Right. So what Deep Blue Sea did is like, well, we're not trying to remake Jaws. We're going to make a horror movie that happens to have sharks 
that are genetically modified. And they right. give a good enough reason where we're doing, we're trying to experiment on these sharks so we can help humans. Right. And, but we're still in an isolated area because you're in this research facility in the middle of nowhere. And so you have a very limited amount of people. You have sharks swimming around right. that are genetically modified, so they know how to turn off security cameras. That and that and that was—it's cool. It is, and it's way more. It, it, you can explain it better than Jaws Four, that the shark is just pissed off. It, poor Jaws Four, Jaws the Revenge. So that between way. Jaws the Revenge and Deep Blue Sea, which I'm sorry, Jaws the Revenge and Deep Blue Sea Two, I didn't know there was one. Which movie is higher rated on the tomato meter? It has to be Deep Blue Sea Two. The answer is a trick question. They're both at zero percent. They're both at zero percent. Zero. It, it's, it's bad. Now, it's, Jaws of Revenge does rebound with the audience score. Okay. It's, it's all the way up it's to 15%. I, I saw that movie in the theater with my grandfather. Jaws of Revenge? Yeah, it's a bad movie. I there's, saw that there's movie. There's two versions of that movie, by the way. You know that, right? There's a version where Mario Peebles doesn't die. Oh, I heard that. No, no, no. I, th- then I saw the version where he doesn't die. You saw the version, and that was like on TV. They yes, it, it was TV. taped from TV because yeah. I remember so we were weird. so excited. The kids were so excited. We were maybe like, I don't know, five years old yeah. when it was going to debut on TV. Maybe yeah. I was, uh, no, I must have been a little bit older, but. About seven. <laughs> it came on, I was seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah, we were still living in Fairfield, California. Yeah. And I remember my sister was sitting in the chair. I wanted to sit in to watch it. And I was pissed. Were you born in California? No, I was born in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, and so, and so we were stationed in, in North California right. by this time. Right. She's sitting in the chair. I want to sit in and I'm mad about it. But I. I guess I had seen Jaws of Revenge before she did, and so I knew what was coming. And right. early in the movie, Sean, the youngest of yes. the Brodies, eats it. Eats it. Yeah. And the shark popping out of the water is awesome. And so I timed it. I snuck up behind her, oh, and good. the shark popping out of the water, and I scared her. You knew it. Popcorn went. I oh, got in so great. much trouble. I had to vacuum all that but stuff. But you thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Oh, it, it was worth totally it. It was worth it. That's a very early comedian knowing yeah. when something is going to work. 100%. Damn the torpedoes. Don't worry about the consequences. No. You can ground me for a month. Right. I am taking this shot. It was like when I got banned from that comedy club in uh, in Minnesota. It was a little different. Not really. <laughs> I knew it was going to work. You ran the light. You ran the light <laughs> by a mile. Seven minutes. Yes. I, I did not run the light. No. I would never do that a million years now. But like that all... <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Three minutes that guy gave me. I was a regular at the store. You're the surfing, pompous asshole. And you were having a great set. Yeah. And you just then you just don't want to get Shut off the, the mic wave. off of me. And I Good. still kept going. I would have done the same thing. You and I Tommy, have done the same I know. thing. Tommy Savitt was not happy with me. Savitt. Yeah. yeah. Savitt I know Tommy. Like, yeah. You just had to do your fucking jokes. You had to do your samurai bit. You just had to do your fucking you jokes. Just had to do your <laughs> samurai That's what he did. It was like, and to that, Ugh. never did anything. I was, I was. I was in a almost like depression from doing that for like it was that was when you crossed a uh, a comedian no no mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. when you do like yeah and you think you're never gonna get booked anywhere again. right when you when you're part of the when you we become part of the club and yet it's like it's like that I'm watching so much of the Sopranos it's like when the 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 two kids who are trying to come up the the ranks. They mentioned to Tony in the bathroom, like, hey, you know, you want to get covered? He's like, you stupid, you never have fucking wiretaps. He's like, you don't do that. And, like, there's things that you do when you're in the club right. and you're, when you're part of it that, big you, don't, it. that you don't do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I'm not, and, and I, and, and, nor have earned it. Even though Eddie Griffin shouldn't have been doing an hour, two hours, three hours, he shouldn't have ever been doing that. Yeah. He, ne- he never should have been doing it. But well, let's use a better, better example. Like when, whether Rogan or whoever it was is up there mm-hmm. doing an hour or whatever it is from the comedy store and stuff, they have earned that spot. They've earned certain things that they've done, and they're not necessarily blowing it because they've established 
with the club that that's what they were going to be doing. Especially, I mean, if you put your name on the marquee and you're the reason why everybody's course, there and you do a you couple extra, extra minutes, minutes yeah. I can live with it. Yes. Like, so when it was this room in Minnesota, it was like all of these comics. It was me, Tommy Savage, a bunch of other comedians, but there was yeah. this one, Daniel, I can't remember. the uh, Shit, what was his name? Minnesota's a nice little hotbed it was, of uh, stand-up. It was good. It was, it was a good club. It was a really good club. And I just remember seeing it. Danny Hasami was the guy's name. He okay. doesn't do comedy anymore. But, like, Danny Hasami was the guy's name. And Danny Hasami, I, I had been a regular at the comedy store now for maybe, like, a year. Right? Yeah. And, I've been, and going back to what you said, you speak just – and I was there every night, mm-hmm. performing there every night, and but nowhere else at that point. I wasn't doing room five. Ah, I wasn't, okay. And so I was – and Tommy was the one – we did the we did the treble run or whatever though you know and then like the the full <laughs> all up through the Pacific Northwest everywhere if we you just, like meth yeah we just well, we went we went everywhere we just drove uh-huh. everywhere and we went we went to Colorado though and huh? we went so we went everywhere and we're doing and it was it was really crash course comedy stuff because the majority minus that show I was very happy with all the stuff that I was doing mm-hmm. like because I was I was learning and I was trying new things and on the road, new crowds. Like it was, it was very eye opening yeah. and new for me. No, I had a girlfriend, but no, no kids, no, no, no consequences. And that type of thing where it was just, just you wake up when you do, you wake up at three in the afternoon, you do a yeah. set, you go sleep. But I remember being there going, okay, well, Tommy's been doing this for a bit. He's going to, Tommy did like, had like eight or 10 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Danny Hasami, who had just started doing comedy had like six or seven minutes. I had three. Oh, and you felt shortchanged. I felt shortchanged. You had a chip on your shoulder. I had a chip on my shoulder like an asshole at uh, 24, 25 years old, whatever I was at the time. And, and I'm like, I can do a couple extra minutes. And then as I'm doing it, the crowd was losing it. And they were loving it. And I'm like, he's not going to mind. The guys, if I push in a little time, he's, he sees that I'm doing really well. He's going to let me go. Right. You think it's all about the art. That's what I thought. <laughs> Lash, and I, I learned quick. Lights flashing. And I was like, I think it was the last one, one of the last ones. Mm-hmm. Lights flashing violently now. And then Mike goes off. And I'm like, oh. So like, okay, clearly he's going to get off. So I'm finishing my bet. And I went another two minutes, like Robin Williams in the main room with no microphone. I just, I would love to. There's no way. I would love to play that bit just like now on YouTube. And, and I just, would be able to watch it. And j- I know, but it's I'm like so just because the, the memories of it and just the way that it gestates in your brain for so long yeah. uh, with an experience like that. Yeah, it was it was I would and mortified, though, for it because mm-hmm. like like Tommy really, as he should have really let me have it as he should have. Yeah. I would have done the same thing as he should have. Yeah. I was I was barred from that was the only comedy club in my life. I never and and for as long as you did comedy because you knew me, you didn't know me then. For as long as no. you knew me, did you ever see me blow the light? No, 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 no. Never. No. I you were ne- trained. I was trained. You had like, the newspaper like, hit like you in the nose. F- like, like a dog that pissed in the living room. If we have any fans up there, I would love to get back There's to no Acme. Way. I just don't have a beat on it. I have another comedy club in Minneapolis yeah. that I have an offer from. Kind of love to go back to that. I'm still though. banned there. The guy told me lifelong. Yeah, I can't imagine no, yeah. the same. I can't imagine no. it's the same guy. No. Management at a comedy yeah, club. Just, just wait. No way they remember me. No. But that guy no, was, and if they do, it'll be an even better story. He escorted me out of the club. He waited for me to go. We go up day. there. Yeah, I want you to go up. I want you to have a great set, and I'm cutting your mic off uh, just you, for the goof. You 100% Just should. for the goof. Dude, he absolutely, this guy was hot. And he, he was, I think he was, like, I think he was a Filipino dude. And he was like just like out, like just walked me from and threw me out. And I remember at the time thinking, because ah, the crowd 
was well, yeah, it's it like, like I'm a rebel. It's I like felt, I'm Sid I felt, Vicious. I felt like a wrestler. Yeah. And I was that's when I was like, you know, into wrestling and the crowd's losing. I felt like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then when Tommy quickly was like, I got us in here because of my name. Yeah, right. Right. And so that doesn't just affect you, motherfucker. Yeah. That affects me. I've had to have those conversations with people. And I was like, you know, young, stupid kid going, what did I just do? And yeah. like, again, they both, him and Danny was less breaking my chops about it as he was. Like, at, but in, and like, and he continued to, even after he was not mad anymore, he continued to like rib me on it as, again, he should. But yeah. like, Every other show after that, I might have finished a minute before I was supposed to go off the stage. The thing know? that people don't realize is like, yeah, it's like this cool rock and roll moment, you yeah. know, because like you grow up and you're like, if it's too loud, you're too old. Right. And then you have a house or an apartment and you have loud neighbors and you're yeah. like, oh, it is too loud. It's I don't know loud. if I'm too old, but it is too loud and you need to do something about this. It's like the, the conundrum that every comedian faces with Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Because we all want to look up to Andy Kaufman as this comic genius, which he was, as this legend. Yeah. But it's also, this guy's going on stage, and he's running the light, yeah. and he's playing bongos, and he's reading books, right. and he's walking half the room, right. and I got to go up next. Right. Like, at some point, the cast of Taxi, right. I'm sure it's like you look back on it, and you're like, oh, what, what, what a genius he was. But when you're there for those long days on set. Why do you think everyone wanted to fight him? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You <laughs> that's, wanted, that's, that's why you just that's, started wrestling that's, everybody. That's why. Because he, that was, I mean, that was his brand of humor, yeah. which is so crazy about him. But, like, yeah, it was not, not a lot of people like yeah. Andy Kaufman. I was thinking of him on the way over here because I heard that, uh, that R.E.M. song, Man on the Moon. Oh, it's yeah, such it's, a good song. It's so Such good. a good song. Great movie. But, yeah, so, all I mean, all of that, I just remember, like, that was just, uh, yeah, that was a crash course. Yeah. That was a crash course. And it was, like, it was... It was definitely one of the more. I mean, but like I said, the, you're still stinging from. I, 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 yeah, because I. That's not. I don't. That's not me. Don't worry, that's honey. When you go back on stage, I'll yeah. make sure you see the light. But I like. I'll I, get I, the I, little hook. It helped, dude. It helped though because because I never blew the light at the comedy store, and I was already regular there. Mm -hmm. Never blew it. I saw the, the 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 light come from at the sign. I was off when I was supposed to be off because I didn't want to. Because I didn't want to. You know, shit where I eat. It's right? like Black Widow. The training kicks in. Even if you haven't done it in a minute, you know when you're on A stage and you see a light, you're like, oh, okay, that's my cue. Yeah, but I was aware that I earned it, I, that I hadn't earned it there. You know, I, aware, I was aware right. that, and, it's, and, and I think the cockiness of a stupid kid in, in, at that time going, well, I should have gotten more time. Like I, I earned my stripes at the comedy store. You should at least give me five, right? And it was, a, it was and quickly, nose paper, uh, uh, nose paper. Uh, oh, you just combined, you the combined it. Yeah, nose paper. It was, I got a nose paper. Hey, look. Uh, and I should have. We're all flying with wax wings, and occasionally we're going to get too close to the sun, and <laughs> it, we're going to fall to earth, and yeah. we just put on the next set of wax wings, and we hope we don't make them as hot. It's 100%. And I'll tell you, though, man, like, I never, never did that ever again after that. And for the rest of the trip, like, learned... Learned a lot from that trip. Set in the sure. trunk the rest I, of the trip. I, 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 I didn't. I don't think I said a word for the rest of the <laughs> They night. just drive you to Canada, and they're like, all right, good luck. Get no, back. I didn't say. We went out to eat that night somewhere, and I remember just sitting. Like, <laughs> I've seen the same look from my daughter, like, after we have, like, told her. Like, she had, she said the wrong thing to my mm -hmm. wife, and you just you sit there. Yeah. Just sit there. Like, sit there in your own filth. I just, 
sat there and I even like it was like that guilty thing of like right, here eat your food no I don't deserve to eat <laughs> you know? I'm going to be banned on chucklemonkey.com right. this is this, nothing's ever going to work out for me no you got to respect the badge I didn't respect the badge that night and and, and meaning way, put it. you know what I mean like the, the fact is I don't give a shit if that audience loved loved what I was doing yeah. it doesn't matter the dude who books it who's going to who's going to determine whether or not more crowds love what I'm doing. That was one crowd of, let's say, I think it was like 400 people, and there was a lot of people in that room. Like, however, however big it was, it was mass. It was packed. It was packed. However many people that room sat, it was maxed out. So if it was 200, it was 200. If it was 400, it was 400. I remember it being big. And um, just, like, yeah, that there would have been more crowds that I could have potentially done and come back to had I not. So don't do that ever if you're a comedian yeah for more of the christian harloff comedy class make sure you order his book <laughs> the comedy bible <laughs> judy what's her 29.99 judy carter judy carter god all hey, right look i took her class you did i know sebastian took her class i know what more do you need you said why you want me <laughs> to, to do the same material to do it again for the same audience the same and now the more. class? What class? I gotta meet one of you. I don't for like coffee. <laughs> Here's the th- not one of you, even you, Judy, gonna be <laughs> at a Scorsese film. Hey, <laughs> he is in the Irishman. He re- dude, that guy is in every Academy. You put him in a movie, you're guaranteed a nomination. It's gonna get a nomination. Yeah. Green Book. That yeah. what's he doing? He's doing something else coming up soon, doesn't he? Probably something good, yeah. Fucker. Uh he's the best. Talent. All right, look. This was fun. Talent and not running the light. No. <laughs> Gets you far in. We ran the light today, but I like that we ran the light. <laughs> we ran the light you. on that story a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But it was I just I haven't lived it. I haven't lived it in so long. I haven't lived it in so long. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Mark Ellis. Make sure thank you to our friends over at Captain Morgan. Uh you guys are the best. We appreciate you. We'll see you very soon. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a comment on this channel, but make sure you subscribe and, uh, you know, do the, do the whole thing. Download the episodes. Helps tremendously. Thank you, guys. Peace.